Welcome back to the Sunday Session Podcast. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Craig Wing and Kenny Scott. We're all fired up about Origin teams, which have just landed. There's eight games to go through as well, but we're going to start off with the Origin teams. Um, Wingy, you're back after uh, some time in beautiful Queenstown. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, mate. Uh, and K-Man, you're as fired up as the rest of us. I'm <laughs> always fired up. Bring it on. <laughs> We're going to start with the Origin teams. Now, Queensland have only got two changes and they're both injury and force. So let's go with the Blues, who've made seven changes. Um, I think two were forced by injury with Clemmer and Haas, both unavailable. Um, they've ditched both their centres. Uh, they've got no props on the bench. Stuff's going wacky everywhere. Different halves combination. Um, Wingy, is this panic? Is this what's going on? Oh, I wouldn't say it's panic. Um... Freddie's not the kind of guy that panics. I think he's just sort of trying to think outside the box, which he likes to do quite a lot. Mm, True. Um, I'm scratching my head a little bit in terms of the fact that we did lose by only four points up at Suncorp. Um, And I think a lot of that was attributed to the few defensive errors, particularly down the left-hand side, which I think would be really easily fixed with the guys that you had on board. Mm. Um, six, Six changes is a lot Um, and I think Queensland will take a lot of confidence out of one their team is relatively unchanged and they all played they all played at their best I think Mm -hmm. to um, looking at the New South Wales team it should have shows that well I'm sure they'll be thinking that they're a little bit scattered Um, new combinations coming into the team so it's not like they can look at last game and think okay I did this last time but I'm going to do this next time you've actually got new guys stepping up to the plate so could very well be that they make the same mistakes again which is a bit of a tough one Uh, and a a few guys particularly in the centres yeah not really specialist centres and that's where I think they got found out before they got found out um, down the edges because their defensive pattern wasn't as it should have been but now they've got to you know run the have the same risk with guys that aren't specialist centres so I don't know how they're going to do that one and I, I guess probably the big one which is on everyone's lips is Latrell Mitchell yeah you know, I, I Admittedly, he didn't have the best game last time round, but he is one of those players. He's one of the best centres in the world um, on his day, which he, he's probably the best on his day. Um, I'd probably look back to a young Greg Inglis. Would you would you drop him after one game in Origin? Probably not. Um, and I think it's probably the coaching staff's responsibility to get someone like uh, Latrell Mitchell up on the day. Mm. Uh, because of his his raw natural ability and he's not the kind of guy that's going to have two bad games in a row either so I would have fully anticipated that he would have had a crackerjack game second time round so that's probably the other one that I'm I'm really scratching my head about. Yeah, I mean, he's the sort of guy who can float in and out of games a bit and, and have quiet games. But like you say, it's, you know, I, I think Queensland were doing cartwheels, especially Will Chambers, to see Latrell not there after what Latrell did to them last year, even though they got the better of him in game one. Um, and sometimes you kind of got to do what your opponent doesn't want you to do. Yeah. Mm. I think you've seen smacks of desperation. It's, it's really disappointing um, because we've been speaking about the, the new Blues era of dominance, you know, still yet to appear and all that sort of stuff. But this just, this means it's, it's never going to appear if we keep making changes like that. Mm. I would have thought that you could have used the first game 
I mean, as like a learning a learning period, yeah, okay, Latrell wasn't that good. Um, Cody Walker probably wasn't as dominant as we thought he was going to be, but you could have used that as that's what Origin's like. You don't want to do that again, so let's fire up for game two. Um, and we would have had all those combinations already tested out from the first game. They've only got a week in camp in Perth. It's, it's going to be tough. I, I don't mm. see how this benefits the team. You're exactly right. And looking at across the team, I still think individually they're all very good players in their own right. It's, it's just, still a good team. It's just how they come together as a team yeah. and they don't have a 10-day camp like before. It's, it's more of a week-long Three training camp. sessions. And they've got to go to the other side of the country as yeah. well. So um, it's a bit of a tough one, particularly going to game one. You, you, you're kind of thinking, well, surely they've got confidence in these guys to go the three games. But to, to do sweeping changes, um, like I said, I think that's probably Freddie thinking outside the box, which mm. he likes to do. Um, sometimes that can work really, really well. So it just remains to be seen. I'm pretty baffled how Josh Morris has got dropped. You know, people have sort of pointed out that he did rush in a bit for that first Corey Oates try um, when Queensland created that overlap. But he, he had 10 tackle busts, he scored a try, he defended really well outside of that. Um, and losing Nick Kotrick to injury, that it just seemed really logical to me to bring Tom Travojevic in on that right wing where he was so good last year mm. and not disrupt that whole edge rather than bring Turbo in at centre and then bring a new winger in, in in Blake Ferguson who's been out for a couple of years as well. Well, I guess that's the key thing. That's the obvious thing. Um, the least disrupt for me I think the least disruption as possible the better because you're better for the first run mm. you can reflect back on what you did last time and you can you can fix a few things but um, look it really is rolling the dice and look if there's anyone that can pull something like this off it's free because mm. he's a he's an arsey bastard anyway yeah <laughs> this, this is just the way they work. just the way Queensland like it yeah. their team is relatively straightforward there's no real selection um, talking points no real controversy and then everyone in New South Wales is is, is up in arms about mm. what we're doing it's, it's amazing how they manage to manu- or manufacture this environment every single year or like maybe it's amazing how we manage to do it but leading into origin, would you have ever imagined the team to look like this a few weeks later? If you told me you know. when the Game 1 team was announced yeah. that um, Daniel Saifidi will be starting prop. I... <laughs> remember yeah, before, the... <laughs> remember leading into the first Origin, we were talking about how in all sorts Queensland were and they were going to have to call back Cameron's, <laughs> uh, Cameron Smith and yep. they were going to get pumped. And oh, In such a short period of time, we've had injuries, we've had rearranging the team, mm. it's... Uh, well, I think last week we agreed. We agreed. We were all, all the same sort of um, opinion that the really the only change, unforced change we have made, maybe might be Angus Crichton. Other than yeah. that, it should, it, we all expected it to be pretty much the same team, mm. and it's completely different. So is, is Payne Huss out from injury? Yeah, he's tweaked yeah. his hammy, so it's not going to be a long term. But he's not going to be good for for next weekend, so he's going to sit next weekend out. That's a that's a bit of a shame because I, I was really looking forward to seeing what he would do second time round after his first run into Origin because yeah. I think he's going to be one of those that guys that will be there for a long juicy. time. He's got yeah. a huge motor and I think you made some interesting points around how he probably burned a bit more energy than he needed to in, in defence and getting into too many rucks and, and running up and back the, the 10 metres and probably could have used a bit more for his attack. Um, haven't talked about Dale Finucane yet who I'm really, really pumped uh, to see in the 17. I yeah. in, in my preferred team I had him in for game one. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit worried that there's no specialist props on the bench at all I know Fanukin and Jake Travojevic can both play there you know Cam Murray's a middle but he's a small middle on the bench um, but I am excited to see Delphin can get a crack he just looks like a real no-nonsense sort of get the job done yeah I, I think he 
thoroughly deserves to be there. Um, not the flashiest of players, but um, he's always so rock solid for, for Melbourne and they play at the highest level week in, week out. And he's he's certainly one of the, the guys that leads the way there. So hopefully he can bring a bit of that to the, the New South Wales team as well. I did, I'm pretty shattered for, for Cody Walker, who I thought was probably one of the best on field in that last 10 minutes when he um, helped set up a try and, and didn't get a lot of a chance um, in his first spell. I, I said leading into game one, they were probably shorter a senior game managing half. If they're going to stick with Cleary, I think they needed to put him with someone like Maloney. And if they were going to bring in Walker, they probably needed to give him someone like Adam Reynolds. Um, but we've now gone back to the, the Cleary-Maloney combination that got the job done last year. And Maloney's been very good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and looking at the team, I, I would probably say that that's a bit of a plus now, mm. given that they do play week in, week out at Clubland. Um, they've won a series together and played a lot of Origin together. Well, they played last year together and, and did quite well. And given the the changes all around them, if anything, I think, their combination is going to play is is going to provide a bit of stability for for the Origin teams for the Blues teams. So um, I just really hope that um, Maloney really steps up and takes control of the game and and, and gets the uh, gets the Blues on the front foot. Mm. Well, maybe that's what they were missing in game one. We all know Corden is not the most vocal of captains or players, and yeah. I think we've seen it at the Panthers as well. James Maloney bosses James Tarmow around, and maybe they're just needing someone on the field that just constant, yeah. I don't want to say aggressive, but constant. Just um, the yapping. In, yeah, though. yapping. You're right, mm. and that's maybe maybe that'll it'll it'll turn things around. And the thing with uh, Maloney, he hadn't really been doing it through the early part of the year, but when he's on his game, he takes the ball deep into the defensive line, which mm. will really bring the back rowers onto the ball as well and give him give good shape around. Uh, around that edge so um, and that was where I think New South Wales had their strength in the last game it was down those edges so hopefully hopefully Maloney can take advantage of that are we um, the selection of Wade Graham who I think is just the the perfect origin bench second rower because he's got that ball playing skills he can you know whack hard in defense but he can also sort of slot in this work you know for five eighth kind of role the fact that he's only played barely an hour of, of footy back from an ACL reconstruction heading into an origin, is that a bit of a concern? Yes, <laughs> it's a big one. But in all honesty, he's not hes not going to be required to play 80 minutes. No. Um, I think they'll use him in, in spurts. And if, he's, if his knee's good, um, and he'll be able to get through it. Would, mm. we have, would he have had to been cleared by the Sharks to be available for that game because it's it's I know Origins the pinnacle of the game and all that sort of stuff but that's a real burden for the Sharks to take they've just nursed him through an ACL for the yeah. whole season then they've clearly missed him and now he's coming back I, first I think, game back I think it's a case the Origin of cauldron. if you can play first grade then Ugh. you should be good enough yeah. your mm. body should be healed enough um Otherwise, you probably shouldn't be out on the field uh, mm. for your club team either. So I reckon if it was up to Des Hasler, then Tommy Turbo wouldn't be playing Origin yeah. either. Yeah. They missed him a lot, and mm. we'll talk about the man of the game in but a minute. But the state calls, so... Exactly. The higher calling. Um, it won't dwell on the Queensland changes, because they don't have many. They've lost Jai Arrow to an ankle injury, which was a massive blow. I thought That's he was big one. one of the best That'd forwards be on the one, field yeah. in, in Game 1. They've lost Joel Hengawi as well um, to that cut he suffered uh, in Origin. Uh, he was really good off the bench. He was outstanding off the bench. Um, um, I remember we were talking before how I thought that New South Wales had the had the, the leg up in the, on the bench there but 
I think Gao is one of those guys that came on that really surprised me with his work rate. So mm. I think that's going to be a big loss for them as well. So they've brought in um, Tim Glasby, who is currently undefeated at origin level. He's 3-0 and zero from his three games over the last two years. Good stat. Um, from the Knights. Uh, Christian Welch has missed out. I thought he might um, get in. Jared Wallace, I think he was the one who was a little bit controversially admitted from the first game, but had been struggling at the Titans for club form a touch. Um, so he comes in. Um, which I thought possibly Christian Welch might be um, better suited to that spot, but broadly it's the same team. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. <laughs> I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of high intensity, typical Origin footy, um, big hits, all that kind of stuff. And I think, look, it's do or die for the Blues, mm. and I think we're going to see that in the way that they play. Mm, I hope so as well. I, I yeah. think that Queensland will probably look at all those changes and think, oh, they're panicking. Yeah. Maybe, like, you, you, they've won game one. It gives you that safety net game two. You know it's yeah. not must win. It's it's nice to win. You'd love to win, but you always know if you don't, you've got that second chance. And, and with a guy like Maloney in the team as well, yeah. you know that they're going to be fighting right to the death in trying to yes. score some tries or put something together. They'll, they'll never be, even if Queensland do get ahead, they'll never be dead in the water. I think it's a pretty close to must-win for Queensland, even though they do have the, the second chance, because yeah. if they lose this one, they've got to go to Sydney yeah. against a Blues team coming off a win. Mm. It'll probably be fairly unchanged, you think, yeah. going to Game 3 if they do not if they do win Game 2. And the track's uh, usually not the best down here in Sydney compared to what you get mm. at Suncorp, so it usually favours us as well. Do yeah. we know if Kevy is engaged in the coach whisperer for the rest yes. of the series, or is that a game <laughs> one coach, thing? Uh, are they allowed to mention yourself? Dollars an hour. I, I think they're just going to stick as much as possible to what they did in game one that worked for them. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Good luck to the journos up there asking you about <laughs> the, the Blues team. Um, let's dive into some NRL because there were eight games over the weekend. Uh, the last one that we just saw was the Roosters far too good for the Bulldogs. Um, Roosters still a bit patched together. They rested James Tedesco. Joey Manu was sensational at fullback. Two tries, one or two, maybe two tries assists um 280 odd meters he was uh, 10 11 tackle bus he was uh, sensational yeah, it was good to see joey manu um have such a good game i've he, he's been solid this year but um bit quiet. just just a bit quiet yeah i remember watching him at the back end of last year and i thought wow this mm. we're gonna see really big things out of this guy next year but um he well he just for me i don't think he's he's gotten the ball enough but yeah. um it was really good to see him step up step up in this game and yeah. it was um I was probably expecting a little bit more involvement from Latrell as well. He did get a couple of tries. Uh, and it was his 22nd birthday or something. Yeah. <laughs> so was it? For him, yeah. Was it also yeah. you and Aitken's birthday today? Uh, maybe. Oh, two birthdays. Know. There we go. <laughs> yeah, but um, look, I, I don't think the Roosters were at their best, but they did enough to win. They didn't um, need to be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wrote down for this game, I wrote a little question for myself. How much of a carve-up will it be? And my answer is mm, decent. So yeah. like it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge smashing, but the Roosters had them every minute of the game basically, which sort of went to script. The Roosters would be tough to beat for anyone, and the Bulldogs they're just down, mm. down on you know, talent, down on experience, probably down on morale as well. It's it's a bit tough. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. I thought that Jeremy Marshall King had some really good runs out of dummy half. They mm. were pretty pretty good. They didn't really come to much. He probably bombed a try with one of his. Um, with a, a dummy to the right but I mean there's always there's green shoots and there's signs of improvement for the future but the Bulldogs probably just have to take that da- take that game put it in their bag with the other other losses of the yeah. year and 
just hope that it ends soon, I guess. I mean, it's, it's sort of it's become a bit fashionable to pile in on Dean Pay's team selections, but I'm just I'm really scratching my head over some of them. They brought over Dylan Watanizelesniak from the Panthers, who you know at the end of last year was the New Zealand captain at fullback and yeah. playing wonderfully. He was named originally in the centres um, with Marcelo Montoya, who I really think is a you know a decent first grade winger, but not a centre, um, shifting back out. Uh, and keeping Nick Meany, who's been quite good for them at the back, at fullback, final teams. Um, Dallin goes to fullback, Meany goes to the wing, where I'm not sure he's ever played, and Montoya's back in the centres. Meany, I feel like, was caught out of position a bit on that first um, try where they scored off a kick. Um, it just, I don't think Meany's a winger at all, and I don't hmm. think Montoya's a centre. Dallin probably can play anywhere in the back mm-hmm. five. It just seemed like a weird decision. And then when Dallin got knocked out by a bit of friendly fire with 25 to go, they put Hopawadi back there and left Meany on the wing, which I just... I, you know what I reckon is? I think Dean Pay is overthinking it. He's trying to be really, really strategic and trying to do things. He's, he's double faking and he's double bluffing, and mm. then he's but he's confusing himself. He's like um, that Adam Sandler movie, The Water Boy. He had that Henry Winkler character. He's just he's thinking too much, and he's just doing the wrong thing. He's just got to keep yeah. it simple. Keep uh, it simple. Keep it particularly simple. with when you've got an understrength team, well, a team that's probably doesn't stack up on paper as much as. Um, as your opposition, you've just really got to make it as simple as you possibly mm. can. Just put, get your best players, put them in their best position, and then try and work out the rest from there. Yeah. But um, trying to be a little bit too creative mm. uh, can quite often backfire, I think. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, the first Sunday game, uh, the Seagulls far too good for the Dragons. They were down 8-0 fairly early and then scored 34 unanswered points. <laughs> Tommy Travojevic just running absolutely amok, especially in the second half through the middle of the ruck off the, the back of the forwards going quite well and creating him some space. Daly Cherubins and Cade Cust in the halves, you know, distributing well and, and creating what they needed to create. And uh, Big Marty Tipau in particular up front, just getting them on the front foot. Yeah, to power and Adam Fanua Blake, I think they, mm. whenever Manly are going well, they're always leading the way up front, and they certainly did that. Um, Dragons started off okay. I thought they, yeah, they, uh, they had a bit, good bit of momentum early on. But I think the, the Seagulls really thought long and hard about their game plan. They played a little bit side to side early on in the game, and then they just went straight through the middle, and it just almost seemed like the Dragons were a little bit too slow, a bit too big and slow mm. through the middle. And Turbo, he just he just had a field day. Yeah, yeah. I think he was he was just keen to be back, and you yeah. can see he, he the enthusiasm and the energy that he had to be able to run in full flight uh, was pretty obvious, and he definitely. But we, dragons. we've got to we've really got to give um, Desi a wrap in the way that he's pulled that team together. It's I mean, remarkable, isn't it? Uh, the the guys in the forward pack for the dragons, they you know there's there's some Origin players in there, mm. and there's some there's some good players, but. The way that it, the, the Eagles, the Seagulls are defending, and particularly their forward pack, and the way that they're they're, they're moving forward, he's uh, they, they outplayed the they outplayed the Dragons today, yeah. and really exposed some of their weaknesses. So, um, hearing a few interviews from the from the players, you know they're they're a tight bunch up there playing for each other, um, and I think Desi's got a lot to do with that. Do it for Des. Do it for Des. Hashtag do it for Des. Um, yeah, do we want to say anything about the, the Dragons' performance other than they just got out-enthused? And... Well, I mean, what do you do with the Dragons now, right? Because they've been... When was the last time they won? Cause they well, were... beat the Bulldogs last week, but wow. it was three or four. Like, without being rude, that. does that really yeah, count? Well, exactly. It was a bit of a false storm. They, yeah. They were extremely good, but they were, they were allowed to be, I guess. So, so what do you do with this season that they've had now? Because like most seasons, they've started with promise. They had... Um, some pretty good wins, uh, pretty significant wins, and now it's, it seems like they've just sort of stopped. They've, they've seen no progress 
they're, it's like they're bogs. Like they're sort of stuck mm. in mud and they, and they can't get out. I don't know what it is with them because they, they, they fade in and out of games. And when, once the game starts to go against them, I, I think they find it really hard to get into the arm wrestle. And I don't know what you would put that down to because mm. when I look across the line and I look at their senior players, uh, particularly in the forwards, they're all trying hard. And it's all, there's, there's a lot of effort there, but it's just not coming together. Um, whether it's a it's an issue with the game plan or maybe the spine not pulling it all together and, and getting them around the field to where they should be, but um, yeah, it's a it's a bit of pretty patchy from the yeah. Dragons. They had Cam McInnes knocked out. Um, mm. They were up eight 0 I think, at the time. It was a, a nasty. But Manly one. lost their hooker too. It, well, exactly. But I think the difference there is Manly's bench hooker is probably better than their starting yeah, hooker. And, and plays just as many minutes as yeah, well. Yeah, usually plays at least half the game anyway, yeah. and he's had to play a lot more than half the game plenty of times this year through injuries. So Manly had a like-for-like, like, if not improvement, on the bench, whereas the Dragons, you know, McInnes is one of their, their best players. He's so important to their line speed and their defence through the middle. They brought on Reese Robson, who's a, a bit of a gun young hooker, actually, in the making, but he's uh, very inexperienced, and I think that really slowed them down. Uh, Saturday night, the Eels far too good for the Broncos at Bankwest Stadium. Um, I was out at this one. It was my first game of the year as a punter rather than as a a reporter, so that was um, good to get the full Bankwest Stadium experience and I wasn't really prepared for the start that the Eels put on, but, yeah, just bang, 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 and away they went. It seemed to me that they were just... They were just running their plays at will, under real under no real pressure. Mm. And particularly early on down that left-hand edge, they were just... Well, the Broncos' defence just seemed to be really passive or mm. not not able to get into the right position. How did how did you find it when you were out there? Um, it just yeah it turned into a flood real quickly. It was like the you know the Eels had no trouble getting down Brisbane's end, and the, the times they did get up Parramatta's end, they just brought it unstuck with an error. And, you know they get scored on, they have to restart. They kicked out on the full ones. Like they just were, they, they was making it really easy for the Eels to camp up their end of the field you know the the forwards were sort of losing the arm wrestle but the eels were prepared to move the ball and prepared to offload and just finding if they weren't going through they were going around nothing seemed to be going the broncos way and that's not just because it was bad luck they there was some player a lot of player errors in that one as well but you can sum up the whole game for the broncos oh yeah Corey. that's just not (laughs) like him you know it's it's just one of those days yeah exactly but you can sum up the like the broncos night with the well they're down what 24 nil at half time (laughs) given a penalty after the siren all you can do is kick for goal and then jermaine asaka misses that as well like it just (laughs) nothing was happening for him they were obviously off all yeah players were just um I mean, was it Jake, Jake Turpine, their, their hooker, like lost it straight into Josh Hoffman who ran, ran, ran to score? Like scored, nothing yeah. was going right for them. And every time they stuffed up, which was frequent, Parramatta just, just made them pay. Mm. I really liked uh, Moses had a couple of good um, chips, yeah. chips in the end goal and that was just backed up with lots of enthusiasm in the yeah. chase. Um, and whether mm. that was highlighted because the Broncos' defence probably wasn't there that night, I'm not sure, but it mm. seemed like Parramatta were just really in the groove. Broncos yeah. just couldn't get into it. A couple of those grubbers were remarkably they, well weighted. They were spot on those. But Absolutely spot I think on. a lot of that comes to him. He looked like he had a world of time to kick the mm. ball as well as he was on the front foot. And they Put weren't it, last tackle either, so yeah. he's sort of taking advantage of the defence not being ready for it. But Mitchell Moses on the front foot, he's uh, yeah. they, they look like a different team as well. Mm. So. Um, 
Yeah, I actually missed that penalty goal. I've, so <laughs> I, there's half time. They've got a penalty goal. I'll get a two minute head start on the the bar line and the food line. Yeah, I was up, out on the concourse and I heard just the crowd roaring. I'm like, what could that possibly be? Yeah. And it turns out he missed the goal from in front. I yeah. couldn't yeah. believe it. Well, but, you know, that's right. You know, things are serious because for that. Um, that penalty goal, I think Anthony Seabold was already in the change room, so I think he missed it as well. But mm. uh, I'm pretty sure when the coach doesn't watch the end of halftime yeah. in the box, you know something, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. serious time, He's right? He's warming so, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, bit of a scary moment with uh, Josh Hoffman staying down for an extended period. I think it might have been a teammate. Oh, yeah, it was Moses. Yeah. it was Moses. Moses yeah. clocked yes. him, kneed him in the face, like accidentally, of course, oh, yeah, but of course, he copped but, a knee in the face, um, yeah. Yeah, he's down for a long time, which that was scary. It did look like he was in a lot of pain as well. Moving his arms and legs, which yeah. is a good sign. Apparently he's uh, not too bad, so fingers crossed uh, that he's okay. That um, was a crucial two points because they were level... Um, almost level on differential as well as being level on um, ladder points. So, so basically a four-point game for whichever team won that one. So Eels hang about in the top eight for now. Broncos with a bit more work to do. Um, Souths and Panthers before that. I tried to watch as much of that as I could at the uh, the Leagues Club on the way over. But, um, yeah. Well, at the Paraleagues Club? Yeah. Right, OK. Um, Not Penrith. Well, that's, a, <laughs> no, yeah, that's a tough that's drive, a, son. Good for you. Very quick work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Penrith were sort of coasting a little bit and then mm. South had a quick double strike and thought they were going to win it and then mm. Penrith you know found a way at the end and James Maloney of all people who else would it be of course yeah. um, with a beautifully struck field goal to, to well, ice it Maloney was uh, he was quite active in that game mm. which was really Absolutely. good really good signs for, for New South Wales as three well, weeks in a row now he has been yeah, yeah so um, it's good to see him stepping up to the plate obviously getting the, the field goal at the end but it was a bit of a I don't know. I didn't. I, I watched parts of the game, and I didn't really feel like it was that enthralling. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, yeah. I, I found this really surprising that these two teams should have delivered. Well, it felt like they should have delivered an epic game, and it, even the scoreline says, "Wow, that that would have been an epic yeah. game." But it, you're right; it wasn't. It was kind of I don't know, neither here nor there. I really wanted. I was hoping for a Cody Walker redemption story. Not that yeah. he had a bad game, but I was hoping for another one of those games where he just dominated, lit it up, and said, basically, you're going to have to pick me again because yeah. I, I really wanted him in the team. And um, always good to see Jimmy the Jet get yeah. into some space. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. Was that? Yeah. Was he ever in contention for an origin recall? I mean, not not once he got dumped to reserve grade, I don't think. He, he would have needed to do something pretty remarkable in his two games at South to, to force his way back in. I played Origin from reserve grade. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you? JT dropped me to North Sydney Bears oh, really? in my JT. last year at the NRL. I'll never forget that. that. Thanks, JT. <laughs> that was 2009, yeah. But, and um, and what, what game of the series did you play? Uh, I played the whole series. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah. And what was the, how did that series go for us? Uh, we lost. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, I missed the last game because I had a torn hammy. Oh, that would have been the reason. Yeah, that was the reason, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah, but so, no, it was good, good, good to see Jimmy the Jet in, um, in, some sp- in, in some space and looking quick too. So. Yeah, he's still got the pace. Yeah. I think... Um, I think that's going to be good things for the Bunnies moving forward. Oh, they, I mean, you look obviously GI retiring at the start yeah. of the year. Um, Braden Burns has been out for an extended period now with a hammy. You know, they had Cole Turner forced back there. He's still playing there, but he missed a, a few weeks of the broken toe. I think Ethan Lowe played a game there. They've had, I think Adam Dewey played a game there. Like they've really been, um, you know, stretched in terms of their centres. So huge acquisition for them. Um, Panthers, is that four in a row now? I think it might be five, actually. After um, talking about them as, you know, firming for Wooden Spoon, I think they've um, they've come good. I want to say it's four. Four, yeah, okay. You'd know. (laughs) Well, allegedly. (laughs) Um, 
but there, there's a few green shoots just around some of their, um, you know, the, the guys that have been promoted into the top 30, like Mitch Kenny's coming to the top 30, he's playing hooker, he's going all right. Brent Naden, I think he's gone from part-time contract to development contract and he's still playing on an exemption, but he's scored, hmm. I think, two weeks in a row now. Um, he's looking pretty handy, so um, some good signs there. Yeah, I think... We at the beginning of this of this year, I was anyway saying put a put a line through the Panthers. They're done. They're you know false dawn all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you forget it's a long season. Things can change. Whilst it's they're not out of the woods yet. Imagine, they're definitely showing uh, some improvement. Imagine Cleary and Maloney win this Origin game. Mm. They're in it for the next one. They win the next and win the Origin series, and mm. they come back to Penrith as. Uh, half five eight combination that's killed at an origin level mm. could be something in that. I mean, that's what they were last year. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh, first Saturday game, the Storm and the Knights. Um, don't feel like the Storm. It's sort of a bit like the Roosters weren't really doing too much, and um, yeah, just sort of cruising through second gear and just kept scoring tries. The you know, <laughs> real come. The Knights had won six in a row before mm, this week, yeah. and yeah, big come down for them after beating admittedly under strength Roosters and South in recent weeks. Yeah, I, I think it was more so a defensive effort for the Storm, keeping mm. to the Knights to, to only four. I did in the games where the Knights have been good, they've just been going straight through the opposition, running hard, straight, direct lines, forwards rolling over the advantage line. Whereas this game, I felt the particularly the backs were going a little bit lateral. Kalapong uh, was getting a little bit lateral, mm. which you know you just have to attribute that to the Storm's defence. Yeah, can, it's just so in your face and really hard to sort of make a dent in it once they're um, up and running. Yeah, I, I had this game circled for this round as one I really wanted to pay attention to because I, I was expecting a really good game. I thought it was going to be really um, interesting to see the Knights go up against the Storm because they've had this great run. They've been doing, they've had some really dominant performances, and we all know what what the Melbourne machine can do. Uh, so I think it was probably a disappointing showing from the Knights. Like it, we say it every week, you can't stop Melbourne. I thought. Cam Smith, he just owned that game. Like he, he just yeah. ran the show. It was he without, but without even looking like he was trying. He didn't even look like he. I'm not saying he looked disinterested, but he didn't look like he particularly cared. He just knew what to do mm. and just rolled through. Um, I really like the way the young uh, or like the emerging stars for Melbourne are playing now. Like Jerome Hughes is is yeah. just he's getting better and better every single week, yeah. and I find that really annoying because I wish he played for my team. <laughs> yeah. um, but what a great player! And I thought Brody Croft had a really good game as well. He's, yeah. he's coming on really nicely. So. I mean, you know, the Melbourne machine, you can't stop them now and it sounds like you won't be able to stop them in the future either. Mm. Get used think, to it. I think it's such a huge advantage to have Cameron Smith yeah. this time of year. Yeah. And if they, if they can get their wins through this period, it's a, it's a, it's a really good really good bonus for them. Mm. Mm. Just on the young guns, Ryan Pappenhausen yeah. still doing good things off the bench. The ex-Tiger yeah. unwanted. At, uh, <laughs> rub that Just in add him to the <laughs> list. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not too worried, I don't think, about Newcastle. They've got Clemmer back in a, a few weeks. I don't think it'll be too long for him out with that. So will Clemmer play club football? Because I know we all know he's really keen to try and get back into origin. Um, it's From the sounds of it, he might be an outside chance for the game after the, the rep rounds. There's obviously another right. week off while Origin 2 is happening. But it um, sounds like he might get some footy in before Origin 3. And mm-hmm. then if he does that, you think he's straight back in the team. Um so the second Friday night game, Kenny, your uh, Tigers did it by a point. Yeah, geez, this game was a roller coaster, wasn't it? it so was. at at we were talking about this at off air, but when it was eighteen nil and then twenty six at one point, when the Cowboys got to six to scored that that try, 
for me, I identified that as a moment when I thought the Tigers were going to lose. I could feel, I've seen this happen to them many, many times. I could feel momentum shift. And momentum did shift because the Cowboys were on for basically the rest of that game. But the Tigers, the new Tigers, I have to keep reminding myself we've got the new Tigers. They held on and they didn't let momentum get over the top of them. And it was a really ugly golden point win. Benji Marshall's field goal was... <laughs> Ugly. Terrible, it's it's terrible. Ugly. And, and his forty twenty shank. Yeah. His forty twenty. No, he shank. meant to do that. Yeah. Benji can do no wrong. Uh, it was. It's great to get the win. The, the man, the Tigers really needed it because yeah. they were in a slump. Yeah. A one point win is the same as a fifty point win. It all equals two points. Um, you know, it was entertaining, stressful but entertaining. <laughs> I, I, I do like seeing how much Benji Marshall is getting involved. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it really lifts that team there. Uh, another one for me was Corey Thompson. Um, mm. A bit of a mixed game, a few errors, but geez, he's elusive and he's competitive. And yeah, I feel he, like Corey Thompson's gotten extra determined. Yeah, this this he's year just somehow, such like a he's, competitor. He's yeah, he's he's got like a toughness to him. He's developed a toughness mm. to him this year. But the yes, I agree. But the biggest thing that stood out for me in that game was uh, probably Paul Green's halftime spray. Yeah. <laughs> that was epic. Probably, you know, one that Craig Bellamy would be proud of. Um, but whatever he, whatever he did, whatever he said, um, the Cowboys came out in the second half and they were mm. a completely different team. And they probably should have won that game if they hadn't just taken the, the gas off the, uh, the foot off the pedal mm. in that last 10 minutes and mm. let, let, the, let the Tigers come back. Well, I also thought the, the Tigers lacked a lot of support play. There was, when, when the Tigers were on that roll, when the Tigers had, had momentum and they were up 18-0, there was a couple of times when they'd, um, they'd make, made breaks, or actually throughout the whole game where, where someone would make a break, and all they needed was a final pass to, to, get, to um, have it convert into a try, and there was just no one there. And whether that's because, um, I can't quite remember, maybe they'd just, the, the break was made off the back of a defensive set or something like that, and so everyone was just kind of gassed. But I really felt so if they had more support play around them, the Tigers could have... It, it, it could have stayed with it as a, as a Tigers dominant game. How much? Um, do you know how much involvement JT has with them these days? Because I think now, do you uh, mean Jonathan Thurston or Jonathan, Jason Taylor? Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Thurston. So I think I think a player like uh, Clifford really needs. Um, look, mm. I, I think he's got some skill, and I think he could be a good player. But he just he needs someone to give him a hand to fast track his development. Not too dissimilar to what. Um, Joey Johns was doing with Daly Cherry Evans back in the day or mm. um, Matty Johns was doing with the other halves around the place. I feel like they, Michael Morgan needs someone to help him out as a game controller yeah. in that team and I think they're really, they're really lacking that. Asiata's, he's good when he's got the ball in hand but in terms of organising the team around the field and 100%. structure and where they need to get to and what they need to do at uh, certain times of the field... As certain times in the game, I think they're. Uh, I think it's just all on Morgan, and, and mm. it's it's a little bit predictable, and it's a little bit too easy to shut down. Without a real sort of dominant ball playing fullback as well, like you're yeah. running most. It's mostly been Jordan Carr, who, who's a you know honest try, but he's not one of those elite. You know, you look at what Tedesco and Travoyevich mm. and, and some of these other guys are providing, it and Morgan doesn't have that. So I think. Yeah, like you say, uh, Clifford is probably the solution moving forward, but just needs to come on his development um, yeah. a little bit more. Um, which brings us through to the early Friday game. The Warriors, too good for the Titans. Um, this one didn't really stick in the memory um, too strongly, I would say. Mm, when was the last Titans game that really stuck in your memory? <laughs> oh, I, the, last week, the Broncos game, I thought I was you know, pretty invested in, in that one, just mm, seeing the Titans over Brisbane. Right, yeah. 
I'll um, sit back down. <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't an attack on the Titans. It was this particular game. It didn't really sort of jump out at me too much. This game could have when you put have the Titans and the Warriors, it, it could have it could go either way. Either it's going to be a relatively lackluster affair, or it was going to be this this sparkling, um, high energy attacking football. Maybe you know like a like a fifty four to forty eight or something like, it's like that. that. Titans beat the Storm last year or the year before, and it was like forty two to thirty eight or mm. something ridiculous. I yeah, completely um, made those numbers up, but it was very high scoring. Well, yeah, I'm sure it sounds like it would have been a great game. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't really stick out as anything memorable happening. Um, it was like the poor old Titans. What do they do? They're having a dud season. I mean, they've had several dud seasons in a row. Ash Taylor's, um, you know, on a sabbatical. Like, it's what do you? Mm. Where do they go? What do they do? With, like, you've got Garth Brennan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Riley Jacks is a good player. Maybe they just stick with him and, and Tyron mm. Roberts for a, a little bit. AJ Brimson's a live wire at fullback. Yeah. You know, Michael Gordon's still injured with that blood clot. Um, Ash Taylor apparently not too far off returning. He's sort of gone away and worked on a few things. Well, I heard he was opal mining. I read that. I read that in the paper today. Did you? I didn't yeah. read that one, but he was, he was doing some hard work. Apparently, I'm not sure yeah. what it was. Looking for opals. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Warriors weren't. It was good to see. I think Roger Tuivasa-Sheck's had a couple of quiet weeks. It was good to see him sort of back to being dominant. Yeah. Still over. Got back over 200 meters again, mm. which is uh, classic him. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm a bit the same. I'm. Mm. It was much of a muchness in that game for me. So I would say, yeah, this this game was 79 minutes of relatively uneventful football. But yeah. again, that last minute was pretty exciting. We had mm. what a, a, it was a four point game. Yeah, four Titans down by four. With yeah. a, 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 Warriors had Adam Blessing binned, ball in hand, fresh set with like 35 seconds to go or something. That was pretty exciting. But then of course was it AJ Brimson let us all down with a really dud chip and chase yeah, behind the line the what the hell was he thinking just a brain snap I well, think yeah. yeah anyway that was re- I found that really disappointing but the, the setup was pretty cool I wonder how many people have been simbing in their 300th game can't be too many was that his 300 yeah. oh, I didn't know that Milestone did they do man. the do they you know um, they use, sometimes change the 30 metre line to the 300 line for a 300 gamer did they do that for him I would have to check. I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll watch it back on replay. Don't worry. I'll take care of that um, myself. <laughs> but yeah, you got the win, so I'm sure that's all he cares about. Thursday night footy, the Raiders up against the Sharks. This was kind of a weird game. The, I was, I thought this was the match of the round on paper coming in. Um, two teams that are probably going to both finish in the top five or six, you know, threatening for top four. Um, Sharks just completely did not show up. Um, got found out really badly. Effort was non-existent and looked like Raiders were going to rack up a score. And then... Um, Sharks figured it out at half time and got back to 20 all and that's one of those games that in the past I think Canberra would have um, gone on to lose but maybe it's the sign of the new steal that they uh, managed to kick on and win the new yeah. Raiders well that's what we we're saying off <laughs> air yeah this is the evolution of the Raiders last year they would have yeah lost that in, in, in spectacular fashion and you would have seen Ricky on the sideline blowing up but they like they held on. They showed steel. They they didn't panic. And Jared Croker, winning play, winning defensive play of the game, plucking that ball out of midair. Mm. Um, that was a big play. Yeah, it was great. What this is my highlight of this game though. Like we've already uh, established, that this is the Bateman fan cast. <laughs> Bateman standing up to Gallon. Yeah. How good is it? How yeah. much better can this guy get? He's, Everything about him is amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. not intimidated by <laughs> no, anyone. Not at all. It was so good. Anyway. No. How old is he? Uh, he's been around the Super League for a while. I want to say mid twenties. I think yeah, pretty. He's young played 100, 150 games over there. So 22, yeah, he's 23. Been for a few years. Oh wow! What a player. He's so good. Um, so yeah, Sharks. Um, they lost Bronson Sherry near the start of the game to a, a concussion. He stayed on for a bit um, worryingly after the, the head knock and was probably a bit of a liability in defence during that time before he went off. So that was a 
a big loss, but um, they'll bounce back as well, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Oh, or unless uh, Wade Graham gets injured. Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> you know, he's so important for them, and he's been really good. That I thought it was amazing it. seeing him back in the team. You realised how how good a player is. I totally forgot. I like you know you know remember him as a, like yeah, Wade Graham's a name, but you forget why he's a name. He was yeah. He, he's just got that. He's just got that extra dimension, particularly in our mm-hmm. doesn't he? And I think I think that's really going to favour the New South Wales team. Yeah. This week, if. Uh, if they can put him in the right positions, um, I think he's one of those players that just stuff happens around him. Mm-hmm. So the more he can get his hands on the ball in that game, I think um, I think the better New South Wales are going to go, particularly with Tedesco hanging around him yeah. as well. I think things can happen there. I mean, I, we'll wait and see how it pans out, but what I'm envisioning for, for Wade Graham is using Boyd Corner on that left edge for his you know, 30, 35 minutes, you know, battering Ram, just hammer away at that yeah. left edge. Um, and bring Wade on, maybe shift Boyd to the middle for a little bit yeah. as sort of a lock roll and just keep, you know, hammering those runs that he that he does but do it closer to the middle and let Wade sort of start to flourish on that left edge and then yeah. maybe Boyd gets the last 20 as a rest because he is carrying a, an ankle injury, as Freddie said in the, the press conference, was part of the reason for Sims and, and Wade coming in as sort of left edge back rowers to cover that spot rather than Angus, who was on standby for Tyson, who was a bit injured in game one. Mm. Um, it's all eight games, boys. Any final thoughts? Do you have any reader mail you wanted? to... Oh, I do. Yes. I do actually, but we've we've sort of covered it. But we've got to the best one. Uh, and just just pick just pick the the best one out of the fifty that you've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yep, just leveling it down now. Yes, this is the best one. So this one comes from Dakes. We've already covered it, but he's actually addressed this one to me. He said, "For the voice of the people, can New South Wales level the series?" Hashtag go Queensland. Hashtag here come the excuses for New South Wales. <laughs> all right. Well, before you answer this, I would like to cast everyone's mind back to two weeks ago when we were doing our origin predictions and only one member of this esteemed panel had the Maroons and I believe he had the Maroons by four points. Yes, and actually <laughs> that on the day of, uh, email went around saying, what do you think the score is going to be? And I even said it's going to be 18-14. Did you really? I did. did I, picked, you? I picked the score. Oh. So. All right, Nostradamus, what's going to happen in game two? So I've just gone and said New South Wales are in a panic, blah, blah, blah. But I actually think they are... So yes, they can win. Well, that was the question, but I do think they will win as well. And I th- after after having this chat amongst the three of us, I think it's it's the voice of James Maloney is really what's going to get it done. Just that constant, energetic yapping amongst the team to get everybody fired up and everybody to get everybody to move on from whatever's just happened. That's going to be the difference. New South Wales to win twenty two sixteen. I I feel New South Wales are going to get it done, and it'll be down the edges, and it'll be James Maloney going to the line, short ball, through to. Even Graham going mm. over with an offload and Tedesco hanging around. Um, I think that's where it'll be. It'll be one for us. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, in, in answer to the reader, my question, New South Wales certainly can win. I don't remember ever seeing an origin where I thought neither team, uh, either team was, was out of it. Mm. 2009? Oh, no. <laughs> Too soon. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we're going to have a dead rubber in Sydney. I feel like these oh, small no. sports from north of the border are just going to, you know, bring in with confidence, you know, no changes. Um, you know, makeshift centres going to you know have some issues on the fringes, and I, I kind of feel like Queensland are going to do it again. Similar score to what you said, like a twenty-two sixteen, but I'm a bit worried that it's going to be uh, dead rubber in Sydney. Thirteen twelve. <laughs> That'd be a great game. Moderated the thirty plus predictions from game one. Good to see. Um, it brings us to the end of another Sunday session. Now we are on hiatus next week because at this time that we are recording next week, it'll be 
pretty much half time in, in Origin, I think. Oh, um, as if people won't want to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're having a week off. We'll be back the week after to dissect uh, round 15, it will be by that point, uh, as well as Origin 2. Um, obviously, plenty of good stuff to come on NRL.com through the week. We've got Jamie Souds, D Runoff podcast, you know, inside the NRL Tuesday teams, uh, late mail, and, and all the rest of it. Um, thanks again for joining us, gentlemen. We'll be back in a fortnight. Thank you. See you later.